Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Black History Month. Happy month of the start of spring training. So much happens. And it's also a leap year, which means we get an, a whole extra day of February. It The countdown now has us 13 days away from when pitchers and catchers start training, 12 days away from when they fly down and the trip really begins for those of us nothing. that are counting, which is and nothing. 56 days away from opening day, March 28th. The sun is shining. The weather is getting warmer. It feels like spring is coming. Spring is here. Tyler Zuli, Jamie Lynch, I'm Renee Washington. We also have a special guest joining us later today, Justin Rock, who does play-by-play for the Brooklyn Cyclones. He works with Army um, Athletics, doing various sports there. And, Jamie, we've got plenty to get into. We're, we're going to run over, that's for sure. There is baseball this month. <laughs> we've made it. Woo! There's actual baseball to be played. <laughs> This month. I think you got to give a happy dance for that. I'm not a dancer. Although I do do a Maui uh, dance with the girls when we listen to Moana. Oh, you're clearly Maui. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm a demigod. Okay. Welcome in, Chris, hypothetical (laughs) man, Timbo, Spiral Out, Mickey Durkin. I'm just going to let everybody announce her intro. Who was before Chris, if you can scroll up a smidgy? Dave P first in the chat. Dave P's been smoking. uh, Oh, yeah. You guys got to step your game up. It is the fifth Thursday of the new year. Spiral out. Thank you. It is the first of the February, the month of February in 2024. What else can we say? Nostalgic. Jamie. Ba- baseball is played this month. Baseball is played this month. Um, baseball is played this month. And baseball is played this month. Yes. All right. There you go. There's the show. So let's, I just want to start things off really I know, quickly. Hypothetical on, man. I know. Oh. I needed the, I just, I needed the extra kick today. I went double shot. I needed the double shot in the coffee. I I've been pretty good. I, n- I didn't say I wasn't going to not do it. I just said I was going to cut you back. Know, I just like, we're just holding you accountable, Jamie. I, I, I appreciate Cutting back. I wanted the extra espresso. I needed that jolt today. Stayed up late for us watching a new TV show. You know, we kind of got hooked and went on like that two or three episode run when we thought we were only going to do one. Oh, classic mistake. Yeah, yeah. It hooked us. It's slow horses. And it got oh, me. Okay. Um, so I needed that extra shot of espresso. I apologize for nothing. You don't have espresso in your house? 
I do have the stove top thing, but by the time I, it's a long story. I don't know how that works. So I had to swap cars with my mom because she had to pick up the girls today. So like, I was just busy. Okay. This was easy. Excuses, but it's fine. We'll take them. We'll take them. At least you, yeah, you. Okay. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. It hits good. Okay. Not to sip after. All right. So really quickly, just to to touch on as we are embarking on Black History Month, which I always enjoy every year. Um, unfortunately, one thing I'm not enjoying is reading the fact that Jackie Robinson's statue hey, was kidnapped. Um, they stole the statue and down in Wichita, there are statues of Jackie Robinson in various spots. I don't know exactly how many, but um, there's memorials and different things for Jackie Robinson. And the one down in Wichita. Be a good handful of, yeah, I'd actually be interested to know how many exist. I'll take a look at that. Yeah, on go the deep Google time. that real quick, Mr. Starbucks. So all that was left was Jackie Robinson's cleats, his shoes. Everything else, his entire body of the statue was taken and then was found nearby, burned and destroyed. Well, that was earlier this week on Tuesday, I believe it was, that, that I remember reading that story come out. And now, good news, there are different baseball clubs. I saw tweets going out that different baseball clubs are going to step up and replace the statue. It's just Eight a sick statues. world. Eight statues. Wow. According to this one site. Huh. From 2017. I was going to say, what year? Okay. So, possibility so like, of a nine. the museum opened up since then. I'm sure hometown, and... like mm-hmm. Brooklyn maybe somewhere. Let's see if I can find the locations. Anyway, continue. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's messed up. It's absolutely messed up. It's, it's just, I don't even... Tyler and I were talking about it on Tuesday because it happened while we were still here. And it's like, what is what is the point of this? What are you what are you possibly accomplishing? You're just being an ignorant UCLA rude has one. Oh, of course. Of course. So Stanford, Connecticut. Disgusting. Where disgusting. his family moved in 1955. Um, the Kansas one, obviously, that we were just talking about. Um, looks like Pasadena has one of its oh, own. Okay. Um, so yeah, a bunch, huh. and right, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah, one of the most uh, culturally important uh, American figures there is ever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. So some but other good job by baseball, and all, like at the same time, good job. But like that's an like, obvious sh- move because yeah. like what's the statue actually cost? And you need a what bunch was like of- seven. What is the number we saw? Seventeen thousand. Okay, so what was the number? So we're talking about less than a thousand. Was it seventy thousand, Tyler? Do you remember? I know we talked about it on Tuesday. I, it was, there was a seven. I don't know if it was seventeen or seventy thousand. That's hmm. a huge difference. A seven, yeah, but even still, seventy. But you're like, talking about two thousand dollars a club. Yeah, so not. we're not gonna throw too much praise at you. Thank you for doing the right thing. I yeah, suppose. Like I, I don't know what would have been more <laughs> thorough, but like you like did thirty what, cars going in the parking lot opening day is gonna pay for that. Yeah. portion of that. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't thank know. you for doing the right thing, though. Basically, thanks for yeah, literally. Um, but. Yeah, you're right. As you break it down that way, <laughs> I saw like, all these people like lauding the owners, and I'm like, like all right, oh my how gosh, much great money job, are we Major actually... League Baseball. You stepped up and replaced the statue. Talk and about good PR you have money. So for the much clubs. huge PR move right on the heels of Black History Month and everything. I mean, hey, the no season starting. Yeah. yeah, it was an absolute no brainer. All right. Um, so some other things that are interesting, Jamie. And I'll let you uh, tap into the actual details of, of what Jason Stark was saying on the Phillies' plans. But essentially, guys, um, as the quote came out, and you, you're the one that pulled the tweet, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you go with it. It just reminded us that the Phillies are, are not going to do anything major, and we're just going to be waiting. Um, and that's, that's the expectation that we all had. Yeah, Jason Stark was on my old station yesterday. Uh, and this was the quote that I saw on Twitter, and it's kind of what we've talked about for a while now, which is, uh, this is it. 
I hope you're excited by running it back. As James says, hold on to your butts. Yeah, hold on to your butts. We're <laughs> running it back. Uh, here's the quote from Jason Stark. Between now and pitchers and catchers, they will add a minimum of three players. But it's most likely going to be players on minor league deals so they have roster flexibility. Fans want Dave to make a big move, but it's not happening this offseason. Uh, is Phil Maton a big move? No, but it's a, the right move. Yeah. So, like, I, I think there's a little bit of leeway there for that minor move still. But for the most part, nothing exciting is going to happen. This I mean, at this, at this point, first of all, it ain't happening, Captain. Um, but we don't expect anything major to happen because no, we there, there are no major names still available. It'd have to be a tree that's like this super surprising trade, but that doesn't make sense. It was really um, a quote that was kind of like, Duh, we like okay yeah. but it was just a, it was well, just everything's a, been reiterating there was that hope know. that like blake snell's market evaporated and fell apart <laughs> maybe you could go get him for a one-year deal you know i saw some takes today like go get cody bellinger for a one-year deal like there uh, has been a lot of also just discussion happening. about for snell chapman their their market is everybody's kind of waiting for the number to drop for them because the price point is too high and yeah. so there was the potential. That's a good point, Jamie, that the Phillies could wait for that falling Market out of the sky inclusion. moment and the numbers drop and all of a sudden you can you want to go out and make the decision to pay. But, uh, yeah, I think right now we're all in agreement with 13 days until pitchers and catchers start training, 12 before they fly down, that nothing's going to happen in the next no. week and a half. And I agree with MBD. Like, I don't want a big move, yeah. but doing nothing is unacceptable. Like, I, I feel the same way. Like, what do you, you're on the effing doorstep of title contending. Like, just go get some minor ancillary around the edge moves. Like, I don't think signing Phil Maton at $4 million a year is bad for business. Like, but, what, are, what are we doing here? But... There's, as you mentioned, there's the context of this. The Phillies are not going to make a big move. Yes, it did mention some minor league deals, but someone like Phil Maton is not a big move. No, so it, in my but opinion, he doesn't, doesn't have minor league it. option that starts. No, does not have minor league options. Either. So, so like, but, like, what are we talking about? There's here? multiple parts of this. If you break it down, um, you know, they will add a minimum of three players, but it will most likely be players on minor league deals that have roster flexibility. Okay, is that? Two of those three are minor league players, and the third could possibly be a Phil Maton. I'm, I'm leaving it still open. What we know is there's not going to be a big expensive move, no. but I still feel as though the Phillies um, at some point will make that move. But the, the thing is, between now and pitchers and catchers reporting in 13 days, it just gets the, you just get the vibe. They're just going to wait and see. Like like we talked about yesterday, the, the comment that Rob had of waiting to see who falls out the sky. They just want to wait and see, see what the team looks like. Again, because it's the same group. See if any uh, prospects have improved trade and go from deadline. there. And then now we wait for the trade deadline, guys. So just just hold on tight. Just hold on tight. It's happening. Mm. So, yes, um, that's it, guys. We want to get like <laughs> we want to get irrational, Dave. Just just give us something, man. <laughs> just add some some pieces. All right. Well, there are some names that are still available. Obviously, we had already talked about uh, Maton, Jesnick. Uh, there are some others as well that are some relievers available. And you look across the list, um, Orion Stanek, Ryan Brazier, Jesse Chavez, Liam Hendricks, Jay Jackson, Brad Boxberger, Shintaro Fujinami, who I have actually heard had some 
tricklings up on Twitter discussions that there was no validity to it that I saw. Derek Law, Matt Barnes, Mark Melancon. Yeah, these are um, all the right-handed Some names of some right-handed relievers. Jamie, I don't think they're bringing in another lefty, so I, I kind of just left them off the list. These are the best available. Liam Hendricks isn't even going to pitch this year, um, so he's going to be one of those two-year deals where you know you're not going to get anything in year one. So, like, you know, he was pretty good. Um, you know, there's a couple names in there that, you know, don't move the needle, but it's like just bring them in. You're a title contender. Just mm-hmm. go get more bullpen arms now. So you don't have to trade for one down the line. Because, I mean, like, this bullpen is good as is. But, like, most staffs and bullpens in Major League Baseball, you're an injury away from falling apart. Gesundheit. That was the (laughs) quietest sneeze I've ever heard. Holy hell. I've been holding that in for so long. You've never heard heard the Renee... uh, like professional TV learn you she, was, she told me an entire story the one time about how like you have to learn how to sneeze and cough professionally on oh, TV I like, I like was, to let the sneeze out no no that was my that was my TV I don't think I could do it because then my I go on camera sneeze you yeah. have to just kind of like I don't know like I've been I actually had had to sneeze this entire time so I just slowly Look worked it light. out no I was I was kiwiing my I was kiwiing Kiwi? my what oh no here come the giggles Kiwiing yourself. That sounds so wrong. If you have to sneeze, you say kiwi, kiwi, kiwi three times and it stops you from sneezing. And I did that. In fact, there's another one brewing right now, but I when I did it, it like distracts you from sneezing. It's kind of like the hiccups. I like sneezing. I know we talked about this before. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. But I yeah, I don't know why. When I came in here, my nose has been itching and I feel like yeah, I have another another sneeze. sneeze. I know. Tyler, I'm glad you remember that. But yeah, okay. I don't know what we were talking about. Yeah, MBD, I agree. Like the bullpen <laughs> is missing an arm. It's not even running back. You're an arm short from last year, um, losing Kimbrel. So that's why we we named all these right-handed relievers because you need to replace that Kimbrel arm, and they still haven't even done that. Exactly. You know, we talked about Mick Abel yesterday, Nick Nelson, Covey, like those middle relief six starter types. Uh, hopefully, Mick Abel can step into that role this year. I'd love to see him steal that. So then maybe like one of those guys bumps back. I don't know. It's all very unsexy. It is. It is. Just give me Phil Maton and I'm happy. Are you though? Yes. One year, $5 million. Done. Here you go, Phil. Come on Is it just because you just want to see, you just want to see something besides. Yeah. And I think he's the best of these guys. We did have Colby. Yeah. (laughs) Listen. And he's the other six starter type. Yeah, I mean, I think because of Craig Kimbrell's departure, <laughs> you expect someone to be brought in to replace Kimbrell. Well, they but do get it's, Kirk it's, I was going to say, it's Orion. That is the replacement. Yeah. So they are, the plan is already there. Orion, Jose, uh, Jeff Hoffman. You know, you look across the bullpen. Chris says uh, Kimbrell being gone is addition by subtraction. Absolutely. Yes, but you have to remember it's a long season, and Craig Kimbrell was one of your better players for the first, like, three months of it. So, mm-hmm. like, there is an innings eaten um, void in that bullpen. So, yep. you know, as much as he sucked down the stretch, he was very good for, like, the first three or four months. So, you know, you do kind of have to replace that. It's a long season. Hopefully, Orion's up for it. You know, from all the reporting this offseason, from John going out there and, you know, having Orion to Gelb, to Zalecki, they're all writing about Orion as if, like, Mm -hmm. he is what they're banking on. All their eggs are in his basket. So, big year for Orion. 
that is the plan. Essentially, just uh, hoping you can get a full spring training season of Orion and he can be that guy. That's a lot of pressure on the youngster, but he's got a lot of talent and potential. So it's, as we keep saying every day, we'll see. All right, we obviously later on in the show between our guests and guests that stands and positivity and we got to talk about the third base list, have plenty to talk about, but um, let's talk about the outfielders. Let's shift gears a little bit because with opening day approaching, I know Phil's tailgate put out this tweet about the outfielders that have started on opening day for the Phillies since 2010. This list is very Eye-opening is the best way I can describe it because, first of all, it took me down a, a trip down memory lane I wasn't ready for. Um, because when you when you look back over the different names, it's been a lot of different changes in the outfield. I think the most consistent one I saw was Harper um, from 2019 to 2022 was starting at outfield, but as we know, he's now a first baseman. So there haven't been a lot of consistent names. We had different you know, Reese Hoskins in 2018 was was a starting outfielder. Um, of course, Kyle Schwarber in 2022. And then even going further back into 2010, Victorino was 2010-2011. And it's been a lot of names, Jamie. Um, McCutcheon for a stretch of three years in 2019 to 2021 that had the start in outfield on opening day. So just remind you how long the season is and how much has changed with this group. Yeah, what, what <laughs> jumped off the page to me just reading this is like how inconsistent um, their outfield has been. It's just like you hardly yeah. ever get the same two or three guys. And, you know, for a couple of years there, yeah, you were trading out Hunter Pence and Raul Abanez's and Pat Burrell's, but like, you know, Victorino and, and Worth for a couple of years. Actually, Worth wasn't even that long. No. You know, I guess it, I guess it just kind of goes to show you the high turnover rate of outfielders. Uh, I'd be mm. curious how to look at the title contenders and see, like, how consistency among outfielders actually uh, transfers from team to team because the Phillies really haven't had much. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, since 2010, from one season to the next, there's only been at most two consistent players of the of the three and that was 2010 to 2011 with Banyas and Victorino since then every outfield of opening day has had a completely two of three were, names were, were different um Herrera had a stretch of one two three four years out of five though because Herrera didn't start in 2018 on opening day in the outfield uh, as I mentioned Bryce another one but 2023 starting the outfield group on opening day to start the season in 2023 here's some here's some perspective for you it was Chef Nick Castellanos, Brandon Marsh, and Jake Cave uh, that got the opening day nod. Oof. Interesting. Not, so, <laughs> Jake Cave, uh, don't call me Nick, Jamie, uh, is, should not be starting. That's how, that's how we got off to the start in 2023. That's not fun. Wild. The year before that, Veerling, Harper, and Schwarber. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I mean, man. you know, hopefully your boy Yoro just steps up and steals the job here, and then you'll get one more year at least of Castellanos. I'm so proud um, of you, Jamie. And Yoro, and then left field is, uh, you know, Brandon Marsh. So you could have possibly two years of outfield consistency here if your boy ah, steals the job. Tyler, Yoro. you kind of had a look in your eye when we were talking yeah, about so the outfield I'm, I'm looking at this list, and I'm genuinely curious what your guys' thoughts are. Who had the least memorable Phillies run <laughs> of this group. Uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., Grady Sizemore, Cedric Hunter, <laughs> Peter Borges, 
or Michael Saunders? All guys that had like decent points of their careers. Yeah, uh, Cedric Hunter didn't that. Wasn't he a no. big prospect with the Orioles coming up? Mm. Hunter? No, you're thinking of Cedric Mullins. Oh, who well, no. has had a really good major league career. I'm thinking of Cedric Hunter. Anyway, who was the best of that group? Yeah. Well, I think the best of that group over their career is an it's easy Sizemore. answer. It's Sizemore. Yeah. Um, but like the fact that there was a starting outfield of Cedric Hunter, Odubel Herrera, and Peter Borges, ooh. 2016 was miserable. Ooh. What a time. Phillies were down bad pre-Harper. That's That wasn't even the worst year, by the way. They went 71 and 91 that year. What was the worst year? Uh, 15, I believe, was the worst year. They were 63 and 99. Wow. And then in 17, they were 66 and 96. Wow, those were dark days, man. Bad. <laughs> those were the days of convincing ourselves that Michael Franco was about to was about to bust out and become a superstar. And the funny thing is you say that, I think everybody had that, like pick the player that you thought was going to be like that dude. Right. So yeah. like for right. me, I would have fought tooth and nail for Nick Williams. I thought Nick Williams was going to be a stud. Yeah. Turns out he was not. I thought Aaron Altair. Neither was, was Altair. Uh, our next Jason Worth and so on and so on. But if you want to get, you know, let's say a better look at some of these prospects, you can join us in Clearwater because we are headed to Clearwater with Philly sports trips. I've gone on a, a bunch of Philly sports trips in the past, uh, Vince and Bob, they do a phenomenal job over there because they take care of every detail. So you don't have to think, uh, you know, just book with them. You can put out on a deposit. Now we're going in mid March. It's going to be awesome. We're having a St. Patty's day cruise booze cruise. I did one of Vince's booze cruises in Miami before, uh, all absolutely awesome. So you can head to all phly.com on the events tab and take a look at the packages they have full accommodation, you know, partial stay, book your own stay. All the options are yours uh, to get what you're looking for. Uh, we're going to be hanging with the legend, the man, Uncle Charlie, Charlie Manuel uh, at Clearwater Beach. Uh, they're going to have the whole experience mapped out from flights to, ho to hotels to games to transportation. You literally just have to worry about getting a grouper sandwich and your favorite drink in your hand in the sunshine. Spend St. Patty's Day on a private yacht with a catered dinner and drinks, and be on the lookout for more events getting added throughout the year. And Philly Sports Trips does it all. Not only Clearwater, uh, you know, they'll do anything you can think of. Philly Sports will be there doing it. So make sure you're on the lookout for their trips throughout the year. Our trip to Clearwater, though, March 13th through 18th. Uh, so don't wait to book. Just head to allphly.com slash events to learn more and book your trip. Well, that picture makes me excited to see the blue sky of that sports trip picture because it also reminds me it's almost game time. That's right. We're getting closer to opening day. We're getting closer to baseball games, guys. Spring training's coming up soon. All the things that we love. So head on over to the game time app. Download it today. Use code PHLY to be able to get $20 off of your purchase. And the fun thing about the Game Time app, they make it easy for you. They've got great prices. They've got good seats for you that you can now also see where you're going to be seated, depending on what you're going to. If it's a concert, a comedy show, a game, whatever it is that you're attending with the Game Time app, you can check out where your seats are located before you walk in the door. So at the Game Time app, they make it very convenient and easy for you. They simplify the process. And then also when you show up to make it even easier, you don't have to worry about pulling tickets out of your bag or your, your purse for those of us that have the endless small purses where things just disappear. 
You don't have to worry about that with the game time apps. Don't worry about Wi-Fi issues. Have your tickets right on your phone with the game time app. Scan and go inside and ready to have fun. So over the game time app, again, use code PHOY to be able to get $20 off of your purchase today. Thank you, Mickey. I appreciate the compliment. I'm bringing in um, the new month with some. Was that an intentional? What? Like, did you go, it's February 1st. My outfit needs to. No. Okay. I don't know. Some people are. But I feel like I need to start. It's like we're getting closer to spring. So I'm going to start wearing more springy colors and like brighter colors. So I guess technically, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is like your whole thing of like, no, I don't eat cheese. Except mozzarella (laughs) sticks, pizza, Ah, cheese sticks. I don't do that. But but the weather, but you dress according to the weather. When it's cold, I'm more bundled. I I dress according to what's in my my drawer. I pretty much take what's on top. (laughs) Baby, I think I can predict your outfits. I went down to Florida last weekend and I put on my golf shirt. And my wife always rips me for this. I put on my golf shirt Saturday and we get to the golf course and my buddy goes, Dude, you have a huge stain on your shirt. And I was like, ah. Oh, he was well. like, you don't look at your stuff before? And I was like, nope. I pulled it from my closet. I assume it's clean. It wasn't clean. I'm not going to lie. So I bought I've a new golf shirt. I kind of got you pegged. Between you and Tyler, you guys are very consistent. I kind of have you pegged for, I, th- I feel like I could predict what's in your closet, <laughs> which is not okay. Uh, quarter zips. Uh, hoodies, t-shirts, khakis. You got some green olive pants. I don't really ever. I don't ever see wear jeans though. You're I'm not more, a jeans guy. Yeah, I've never. I seen was wear for that. a long time, but and uh, Tyler, those days you're a are khakis guy too. So I, I am in the in the winter. I mean, I have. I'll wear like golf shorts. Yeah, in the and summer. that's the thing. This is your winter wear of yeah. khakis and like the army green pants, and then you guys switch into shorts. I also have like the so w- for no wor- socks, work Mikey. sake, it's mostly just the tan khakis. I have a whole bunch of stuff that like. I'll wear out, and I wore to Jamaica when we went, but like I'm not wearing them to work. Yeah, jeans are just um, they're not as comfortable. Like once I discovered, uh, I sound like a. Do you ever wear jeans? uh, No. Once I discovered, I sound like a bougie bitch. So excuse me. Once I discovered Lululemon, like an athleisure (laughs) type pants, I can't go back because you look presentable, but you're wearing sweatpants. Like I wait, what? Oh, you're like little jogger pants that you wear. Yeah, like jogger pants. Like the black ones you have. Yeah. Like, I can't go back. Why would I go back knowing there's a better side? Like, jeans are okay. I'm not, like, I don't dislike them. I wore them for a long part of my life. But why would I go back to a button when I can have a drawstring? You know what I mean? Like, come on. I don't know. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Once you become a dad and it's just like. I'm just gonna lean into this. Like, what do yeah. I got? To, who do I got to impress? That is also true. That, I got like, my two girls to impress. No, and <laughs> nobody else it. cares. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have Sweatpant it. Gang. Um, yeah. I, I. I'm gonna like. I want to try to guess what's in both because I. I. Lo- I notice a lot of things, and I'm like, no. I notice. I just notice. By the way, there, there's one one comment from hypothetical man that <laughs> that they're way off on because I've made this comment before. Um, I am the guy who shows up to those concerts in basketball shorts and a hoodie. And people look at me like, what, what are you doing here? Until you you start to see me sing the same songs, three, you know, three songs in, they go, Oh, okay. You do know the music, but like my buddies and I used to get weird looks (laughs) because like we didn't really dress the part of mm-hmm. going to emo and metal shows yeah yeah you're a big sweatshirt guy you're a big quarter zip guy quarter zip and the hoodies, occasional yeah. like i don't know what to call that it's, it's like a, a lightweight hoodie. lightweight hoodie oh yeah it's a hood not a 
collar. Okay. Um, well, and Spiral Out said, did I get the butt scrunch Lululemons? No, oh. I get the ABC anti-ball crusher. That's literally their name. The ABC pants, anti-ball crusher. Are they ABC or are they anti-ball crusher, Jamie? Well, ABC stands for anti-ball crusher. Did they say that or did you say they that? They said that. Oh. No, legit. And oh. they have a wonderful crotch. <laughs> like it's, 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 see, all right, you want to get, you want to, you want to go down guys. this rabbit hole? Okay. This, this is like, jeans, like the, the seams come to a point and then it's an uncomfortable, the anti-ball crusher is there's no point. They just kind of like flow. It's great. Wow, you're right. Thanks, thanks for coming. The ABC does stand for anti-ball crushing. I was not lying. Huh. Mm -hmm. Ergonomic. Okay, okay. There's been big developments in the crotch in men's pants and underwear in the past couple of years, and I am here for it. At least you guys have pockets. Women's pants don't ever have pockets. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, you know, let's add uh, someone else to the, to the conversation. Have, how, how, do you, how do you guys seem technology? to do this? Every time we have a guest, and the guest it gets to the most ridiculous <laughs> conversations right. possible. That's a good point. It's always when Every our guest is ready time, that we just start ready talking about, guest. like, Demolition Man and the Three Seashells, yeah. <laughs> ABC Joggers. Well, maybe Justin knows about anti-ball crushers. Let's find out. Let's bring in Justin Rock, a Penn State alum. So now we have 50% of the show, because Tyler, Penn State alum as well, here with us. And play-by-play -play broadcast with the Brooklyn Cyclones. Justin, the question that's clearly on everybody's <laughs> minds, um, are you or are you not someone that buys abc joggers anti-ball crushing uh, pants from Mulan. Uh, I, you know I, I didn't think i was coming in today uh coming out uh, learning more than i did coming in and uh, i had i had no idea what that was <laughs> up until about five minutes ago uh, but now i'm gonna have to do some research once uh, once i sign off this afternoon and uh, learn about uh, some abc pants <laughs> crotch technology has come a long way justin we're it, we're really thriving in 2024 I was say, welcome into the PHOI Phillies podcast, where you will talk about any and everything. Who knows where we're going to go next? Uh, but exciting news, besides discovering about ABC Pants, mm -hmm. is that it is officially February, which means we've got baseball this month. We've got a lot to talk about because spring training is kicking off very, very soon. Justin, uh, spring training for you, what's, what are you most excited for um, and looking forward to seeing this spring training? Um, my favorite part of just spring training is just the start of the new season and everyone getting there, seeing a lot of the new faces or seeing the old faces in new places, getting acclimated to new teams. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens this year with the Dodgers. Obviously, they signed everybody and their mother this offseason, it seems like. Um, the Yankees acquiring Juan Soto is going to be very interesting. And also some of the teams that haven't done as as much. You know, the, the, there's been a lot of talk in New York about you know, what the Mets may have or may not have done uh, throughout the course of the offseason this year. Um, and also teams that gave away a lot of things. What's what's going to happen with the Padres this year? Now that they don't have Soto, they give away some of the guys. So uh, just the start of the new season is always so exciting. And uh, also one of my favorite parts of spring training as someone who's worked in minor league baseball for so long is seeing a lot of those prospects get a chance to to play in those big, you know, spring training games, get melded in with the, with the big league team and get a chance to prove themselves and show what, uh, what the future is all about. So uh, I'm curious, is there any uh, kids you've seen over the past couple years, you know, rise the ranks, get to call some of their games yourself that are on that doorstep to maybe, uh, you know, making the big league club this year. That's got some Mets fans excited up there. Is there a kid or two you've got circled this spring training that you're really, really paying attention to? 
Absolutely. I mean, the, the guy that really blew everybody away in terms of uh, performance last year, the Mets organization was Jet Williams. Um, I mean, he joined uh, the Cyclones, the 19-year-old, in August, beginning of August of last year. And I mean, he only got better moving up from, you know, single A St. Lucie to the high A level. He dominated the level of competition so much so that after our season ended, uh, the first week of September, jumped up for the final week of the year at Double A Binghamton and had a great postseason run, helped lead them to the Eastern League Championship Series before they lost uh, to uh, the Tigers affiliate in Erie. Uh, but he's the guy that said, you know, he was straight up front talking to media uh, in Brooklyn shortly after he arrived and said his goal this year in 2024 is to be in Queens at some point uh, at City Field. He said it to, you know, folks when he was awarded, you know, Minor League Player of the Year uh, at City Field in September. Um, but he's the guy that uh, is rapidly rising uh, up uh, prospect rankings. Uh, right now, a lot of teams have him in the, or a lot of uh, uh, prognostications have him in the 30 to 40 range. But in my eyes, he's one of the top prospects in baseball. I mean, he's he's somebody that uh, sort of reminds you of an Alex Bregman uh, kind of type, uh, you know, guy who's smaller in stature but can play all over the infield and uh, can have has a whole lot of deceptive power that was. Uh, really impressive to see, especially considering the ballpark in Coney Island does not play uh, to the hitter's advantage at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about prospects. In your opinion, Justin, what do you notice really helps prospects in, in taking that next step? You know, what have you seen as maybe the common factor or element to their game besides just time um, that you feel like has helped them be ready for the majors? It's been very interesting to see over the last couple of years, particularly post-COVID, uh, how teams have continued to invest more in player development and helping these players continue to grow both on and off the field. I mean, you know, for so many years, you know, the talk was, you know, players getting fed peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, you know, trying to figure ways to, you know, keep themselves fed while also trying to perform at the highest level while moving up the ladder. I mean. And I think there was a, a famous story with, with Juan Soto when he was coming up through the system where he was playing in double A and he was sleeping in the clubhouse. And so I was like, like, we can get you somewhere. It's like, oh, okay, it's not, it's fine. I'm not going to be here for very long. And he wasn't. But now since COVID uh, and a lot of changes in the minor league system, the parent clubs are taking care of housing for teams and players, their coaching staffs, the support staff. You know, a lot of teams have nutritionists. You know, that's something that's been noticed, whether we're in Brooklyn or maybe we're on the road to Jersey Shore, uh, where the Phillies have an affiliate, you know, Hudson Valley, where the Yankees have an affiliate, wherever in the, in the South Atlantic League. You know, a lot of teams have these great big nutritionist, you know, investments. I mean, we traveled with a nutritionist all year uh, with the Cyclones, and there was, you know, you know, sometimes players didn't eat what was provided, but there was always going to be some sort of, you know, you know, protein, uh, you know, vegetable, you know, uh, a well-balanced meal for them, you know, pre-game, post-game, whenever, uh, healthy snacks available to them. So the investment from so many of these teams uh, across Major League Baseball uh, has really helped these players, you know, not have to worry about so many things. I mean, that was the biggest thing coming out of COVID, talking to players, was just like the relief of not having to worry first arriving someplace, getting housing and then getting promoted or demoted wherever, you know, and then trying to have somebody jump into their lease. You know, there's so many different mind games being impacted with these players. You know, some of those things are now being taken out of the aspect of uh, their job 
and it's helping them be able to just focus on being their best baseball and the best baseball player they can be. So you mentioned the, uh, the Jersey Shore Phillies uh, team, the Blue Claws up there. Uh, in your games last year for them, uh, who kind of stood out to you a little bit on, on that Jersey Shore team? Uh, I mean, I think it was so interesting, uh, you know, when I started uh, tuning in before hopping on here was, you know, you're talking about the bullpen and one of the guys that uh, we saw early in the season was Orion Kirkering. And I remember Greg Giambarisi, the voice of the Blue Claws, has been there for quite a while. And one of the first things he said to me shortly after he arrived, and you know, he was on prospect list, was, you know, the talk was already then by the time he was just getting promoted to high A was, they think this guy's going to end the year in, in, in Philadelphia. And sure enough, he did and performed at the highest level as well uh, in the postseason. And I think he is a guy that, you know, I don't think there is any shame in them relying on him. I think he's a guy that's, you know, sort of used to handling the pressure because if that's, you know, what people were expecting of him at the beginning of the season when he's starting in low A ball in Clearwater and ending the season pitching in the postseason, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to have to, to carry, continue climbing the ladder, and he handled it beautifully. Uh, throughout the season. So I think he's going to be a guy that flourishes this year. Uh, Tommy McCullum was also a guy in Jersey Shore in the bullpen is a guy that's worth watching. Um, that was certainly an interesting prospect to follow. And there's a lot of guys that just joined Jersey Shore at the end of last season for their playoff push that we'll see at the beginning of this year in Brooklyn that I'm very excited to see. Of course, the son of, of Carl Crawford, Justin Crawford, heard a lot of great things. I mean, that team in Clearwater, uh, I, I believe they still finished the season with the best record throughout all of minor league baseball. I mean, they had the best record, uh, at least for majority of the season. They were that dominant uh, in the Florida State League, and they were a young roster. So it's going to be very exciting to see that team uh, in Jersey Shore this year. You know, Justin Crawford and Marion Boyd, I think, is going to probably start the season there. Brian Rincones and uh, one of the other guys that probably won't start there will be up in double-A. My guess is probably by the beginning of the season – uh, Gabriel Rincones Jr., uh, an outfielder who has a ton of pop. One of my favorite stories. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, you know, Latin American family, uh, but spent a lot of his childhood growing up in Scotland. Uh, <laughs> that was an interesting one, seeing that on the roster. And just like, yeah, Scotland, uh, one of these things uh, don't add up. But uh, he had a lot of pop, performed well in the Arizona Fall League, and he's a guy that could probably rise pretty quickly. Uh He's only 20, I believe, 20, 21 years old, uh, but should be in the upper level of the minors this year. Mm -hmm. So, Justin, uh, you talked about kind of the improvements of the player nutrition and, and how they value players. I want to ask you personally, what is the minor league baseball broadcaster grind like and has it improved for you over the years? Uh, I mean, that's also been uh, an improvement uh, as well. It's, I mean, it's definitely a grind. You know, the best way to put it in perspective was, Pre, uh, you know, COVID and then pre 2021, it was a lot, you know, the minor league schedule was scheduled a lot like major league baseball, where you were having sometimes two, two and a half weeks without an off day. And when you're constantly traveling home road, you, know, you don't have a whole lot of time to, you know, be at home and do laundry, go food shopping, you know, basic things you need to sort of be like a functioning human being. Um, but since 2021, and one of the big changes they made was, um, having week-long series, you're playing six-game series, you're in one spot for the entire week. So when the Cyclones are at Jersey Shore, we're in Lakewood, New Jersey, from Tuesday until the end of the series on Sunday afternoon. Vice versa, same thing, you know, when Jersey Shore is traveling to Brooklyn, you know, we're home all week. Jersey Shore will travel on Tuesday. They'll go back home on Sunday. It's not 
a terrible trip, but you have that built in now off day every Monday. And that has been also such a great resource, not only for me as a broadcaster to have time to do those things like, you know, have clean clothes and have fresh food and all those things, you know, and have a chance to, to reset and get kept caught up on other things work-wise, but also for the players themselves to have a day to sort of reset, get away from the ballpark, you know, say for instance, you know, a, a prospect is having a tough week. Okay. Go home, you know, have a day off reset, you know, play some video games, go to the, you know, depending on where you're located, go to the, go to the beach, you know, you know, get away from it for a day, then come back on Tuesday refreshed, reinvigorated, and ready to to get back to work. And I know a lot of players have, have really appreciated being able to have that, you know, that time away from the ballpark as well um, to just get their mental correct sometimes as well um, and not just be constantly in that state of, you know, wake up, go to the ballpark, go home. Yeah, Justin, uh, my last question for you, in addition to the insight you're sharing about prospects, there's been a lot of conversation in the chat, now about food, because you talked about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and different food, but also your background. Uh, and I'm actually interested as well. I noticed it looks like you have paintings behind you. Are you, is this your, I'm curious to know where you're sitting right now, because it looks like a museum almost. I don't know if this is your house. Congrats on all your stuff. Yeah, I, like I don't, I, this is a slight I, flex that we're seeing, my, my, but... Paintings. No, I, I, I wish this. I wish this was. I guess this is a, in somewhat of a flex uh, and in flexing um, my girlfriend. Uh, my girlfriend uh, uh, works in the entertainment industry. Well, works in TV and is a member of uh, of an arts club here in New York City. And uh, we are both working out of her arts club here uh, around Gramercy Park in New York City. And um, it's uh, actually was founded to uh, talk about history and U.S. history. It was founded by Edwin Booth, who was the brother of James Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Abraham Lincoln. Um, but and he like he, he apparently died upstairs. Um, but it's it's a really fascinating place. Jimmy Fallon's a member of the club, Martin Short. I mean, you know, it, it's an interesting place. <laughs> I love it. That's pretty awesome. Now, Justin, um, Acuna, uh, Ronald Acuna's little brother is. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell, tell me he's not going to be Ronald good. Um, uh, I haven't had a chance to see him, um, but I know they were challenging each other back and forth this year uh, in terms of who was going to finish with more stolen bases between the minor leagues and the major leagues. I, I don't remember what the, uh, the bet exactly was, but he has to be uh, a highly regarded prospect because that was a one-for-one one trade. I mean, you're trading, you know, Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers of his generation, a guy who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer uh, for this guy. And he got off to a bit of a slow start in the organization and, and things like that. But there tends to be uh, an issue at times with players when they go and get traded at the deadline. It's an adjustment period. I mean, you're getting used to not only being in one spot and getting it, you know, with a certain group of players, all of a sudden you're changing locations, you're getting acclimated to a new group of people, new environments, and it's tough. And his numbers weren't, you know, otherworldly uh, with Double uh, A Binghamton after the trade. But I think for a lot of players to get traded at the deadline, what the Mets will see from Aunt Luis Angel Acuna this year, you know, in the early beginnings of the season, whether he starts a double A, triple A, whatever, will truly be um, a, a real indicator of what he is going to be. And from everything I've heard, he is a, a hard worker like his brother Ronald. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. And honestly, one of the interesting things is finding out that Ronald Acuna and Luis Angel's father was a Mets prospect at one point in time. 
uh, playing at double A. So uh, there's a lot of baseball history there. So it'll be interesting to see how he continues to develop this season. But there's a lot of gifted infield prospects uh, within the Mets organization. It'll be interesting to see how they divvy up playing time uh, in the upper level of the minors this year between him, Jet, and a few others. I just can't deal with two great Acunas in the NL East. That, that's not good for Philly's business. Uh, last one for you. The Mets have been a little dormant this uh, this offseason. It kind of seems like they're almost recalibrating their spending. Uh, I fear in the back of my mind they, they want Zach Wheeler back next year, although they didn't end on the best of terms the first time around. Um, what do you kind of get the sense as the Mets' direction here? Are they going to just try and make a big splash next year with the free agent class? Do they believe they have some kids that are about to be homegrown, you know, staples of that lineup? Where do you kind of see their direction going here? It's interesting because they don't have some of the top flight name prospects that you hear from other organizations when they had this big influx of youth coming up. You know, you saw with the Astros, the Cubs, the Yankees in 2017, some of the other teams, you know, uh, for the Mets, it's sort of been quieter. Jet Williams is going to be a real, you know, noisemaker in the organization uh, this coming season after he was already this year. But there's a lot of guys, especially now at the upper level, double A, triple A, that are sort of on the cusp and uh, could have breakout seasons and could be impacting the major league roster for the Mets by midseason. Christian Scott was a guy who started the season in Brooklyn this year. Uh, this past year, ended the season in double A. Yolander Suarez, a uh, guy who came back from Tommy John surgery, full health this year, uh, is a guy who I think is probably going to be in the bullpen long term, but that's going to help his stuff play up. I think he's a guy that can help their bullpen long term. Uh, you know, Mike Vassell in triple A is a guy that's right on the cusp. Tyler Stewart had the best ERA in minor league baseball for most of the season as well. He's a guy who is already very advanced. Dylan Tabrock. I was with the Cyclones. He's a guy that's going to impact that bullpen as well, uh, probably sooner rather than later. So there is a whole smattering of guys, especially on the pitching side of things, which is where a lot of the focus has been in the offseason, what the Mets have not done, you know, in terms of whether going after Otani or Yamamoto or some of the other big flight pitchers that were on the market or might still be on the market in terms of Blake Snell. Um, uh, they have some guys and some horses coming up through the system that they really, really believe in and they have some really good development coaches up in the upper levels of the minors that are going to help them uh, get there you know it's just a matter of whether or not these guys that are on the cusp are they going to take that step forward this season and you know become major league players or are they going to need you know an extra year or two of seasoning in the upper level of minors before they're ready um, but from what I saw last year guys like Scott you know Stewart Blade Tidwell as well um, they're going to be ready to help out and there are some you know, relief arms as well that uh, will be up in the, you know, the major league bullpen before long um, that will help them out uh, much like Orion Kirkering with the Phillies this past year. Hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, we appreciate you weighing in and, and sharing thoughts on prospects uh, and even just giving some insight into what's going on with the Mets, because I also had heard they might just be waiting. Zach Wheeler was a name that came up. There are others that are hitting the free agency market in start, terms of starting pitchers that the Mets are allegedly eyeing for next year. So as you're saying, it does seem like their plan is more for next season versus this season. But we appreciate you so much for taking time to join us. Uh, hopefully you also learned a lot from ABC Pants and, and whatever else. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe that you took this conversation. Crotch. 
Absolutely. Um, I know I'm people in the chat are saying you're living the life. Are <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much, so guys. Have a good one. Yes. Yeah. Enjoy spring training, and uh, maybe we'll we'll see you down there at some point too. So for Absolutely. everybody, give Justin a follow. See Thank you, you too. Uh, give Justin a follow at Justin Rock with an E at the end. Uh, does a great job with the Brooklyn Cyclones. And as you can tell, with everything around baseball prospects and um, just covering every, does a lot of different sports, actually, outside of even baseball and football and basketball. And different- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks. So as we're talking about prospects, we have to go down on the farm mm. and talk about a prospect of our own. Um, Jamie, you didn't say bless you when I sneezed, by the way. Oh, I didn't catch that one. It was so quiet. Yes. That's all I needed That's to hear. That's good work by you. Yes, Success. this is a, so, this is a prospect today, Renee, that uh, our own Tyler Zuli is very bullish on. I know, I so know. So this is right up his wheelhouse. So here's the deal about today's prospect, Eduardo Tait, not Tate, guys, Tait, who, uh, I remember reading in a piece earlier um, in the offseason, it was around December, that Matt Gabb was talking about how the, there are two Phillies prospects that the team is extremely high on and excited about. And it was Brian Rincon and it was Eduardo Tait. And so Tait has been making this huge growth in strides and is not even legal yet. Is it, did he officially turn 18 yet? No. Uh, so let's take a look at the numbers for Eduardo because he's a prospect that's had opportunities to play overseas. He was an international signee out of Panama and played his first pro season in 2023. Just 17 years old. That's right. He's not even able to legally do anything. He's a child. He's a minor still. 17 years old, six feet tall, 200 pounds. In 2023, played in the DSL, the Dominican Summer League. He was a midseason all-star. He was on the white team for those keeping track at home. You know, there's the white and the red team. He was Dominican Summer League white team. Oh, okay. For your there you go. Yeah, for all the details you need. <laughs> it splits a uh, 333, 417, um, eight. I'm I'm sorry. I never know what XBX is. Extra base hits. That's right. Okay. 18 extra base hits, 36 RBIs, and 50 out of 65 for raw power, 25 with a projection of 55 for game power. Um, also at just 17 years old, uh Tait's already had some experience playing at a high level and that's where he's you know right now you can see the development he's still so young there's a lot of potential there his scattering report does mention that he showed off an 88.8 mile per hour average exit velocity a 92.9 mile per hour 90th percentile exit velocity which is better than a lot of players his age or even in the dsl um and just a player that has a lot of potential a lot of upside an offense first everyday player uh for the majors so I'm yeah. interested in seeing what he's what he can do as a catcher. Um, um, he's clearly got swag based yeah. on that picture alone. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. How rude of me. Yeah, let's the get, name test. Let's My get bad, to Jamie. the most important oh. thing here, and that is the name. <laughs> Eduardo Tahit. Uh, I can't say I hear it, but I can't say it's not a ball player. It's just, it's kind of mm. new to the ears. Eduardo, you know, there's Eduardo you, Rodriguez. There's a couple hit him with the Hit him with the announcer thing. Now Rocking. batting for the Phillies, Eduardo Tahit. Tahit? Am I Tahit. saying that? Tahit? Um, potential catcher. 
potential first baseman, potential DH. It's because I didn't give him a position there. Uh, his defense needs some work. Uh, now, his birthday came five days before the deadline. So if he was born five days later, he wouldn't have been signed until this year's international Oof. signing day period. So he is one of the youngest uh, capable players from last year's class. Uh, everything about this kid offensively jumps off the page. As you said, uh, he was in the 90th plus percentile on his exit velocities on his bat. Uh, for mm -hmm. a kid that young to be hitting it, you know, almost 93 miles an hour off the bat is really, really good. Um, you know, it's just raw power from the left side of the plate, throws right-handed bats lefty. Uh, he's kind of a got tagged as a sleeper prospect by the Phillies there. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, I got to teach you to cough quietly. Was only 16 years old when they signed him. Uh, was on the Dominican like Summer League. <laughs> uh, had, a, had a great year at the plate. Now, defensively as a catcher, is he going to make it? As, as Tyler brought up, you know, when we were talking before the show, Kyle Schwarber came up as a catcher too. That didn't mm -hmm. last very mm -hmm. long. Can't really play left field. Serviceable at best at first base. The man was born to be a DH. There's a chance that's what Eduardo becomes unless he, you know, at only 17 years old, he still has two or three years uh, to learn first or catcher, and maybe he develops that. Uh, but he is going to be stateside this year in the Florida Complex League. Uh, mm -hmm. He should be an upside uh, bat first everyday catcher in the big leagues. So his projection from scouts is to be an everyday catcher in the big leagues. The scouting grades, he's got a 50 on the hit scale, a 60 on the power scale, which is really nice, uh, 40 on the run, 50 on the fielding, and his arm is a 55. Uh, so, Tyler, why don't I get you uh, a second here to talk about your boy. Do you call him Eddie? Do you call him Ed? Are you going with Eduardo? No, I call him his last name like I call every player by their last name. E.T. I do not. I, I think calling players by their first name is weird. E.T. I don't know them. E.T.'s fine. A nickname, a nickname is fine. But like, I, I, you, you will never have, you will never hear me say Bryce or Trey. Oh, I say Nick. Bryce. I say Trey. You're going to hear me say Harper, Castellanos, oh. Reese, Turner, Hoskins. No. Nobody. Reese. I don't know like these all guys. all the time? I, don't, I feel like you got to I don't up. know these guys personally. They're not my friends. I do. I'd like to be friends with some of them. They're I'm sure all they're all friends. great guys. They're my best friends. They're in my living room 162 but times a year. I, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's so weird when a, a game broadcast calls a player by their first name. What? So weird. What? So weird. But huh. anyway... Um, Wow. One thing, the one, th Renee, remember when you and I talked about, uh, man's got to have a code. Renee. You yeah. would rather, rather teach, uh, control than velocity. It's mm -hmm. easier to teach control than velocity. I think with this sure. guy's sake, I think it's easier to teach framing and setup than it is to teach pop time and throwing runners. Sure. Out. And this guy's arm is strong. Yeah. Really, really 55 strong. Five on the scouting scale. Yeah. So I, I think that I, I think that this guy, as a developmental catcher, do I think he's a major league catcher? It's really early to tell. He's seventeen. I would bet you probably not. <laughs> that swag. But I, if you were to say he's going to be a, an everyday catcher, I think that the reason being is because the pop times there, the arm strength is there. You can figure out framing and setup yeah. and inside footwork versus outside footwork. JT is a great framer. JT's a great Wait, pop Wait, you call time. JT just real muto? 
JT, yeah, I'd call him Realmuto. Don't call him. I just heard you say JT. But you said JT, I so said it JT. hit me. It, yeah. I think JT is a really good framer. So the point being, they have so many catchers in the system. You can learn that easier a, than you can learn a pop time. Yeah, I would not. I would natural I would athletic ability. Not go to Realmuto for, um, for game calling, pitch sequencing. Yeah, yeah. I think but he's framing. I think he does a really good job of like getting the heel I would, out. I would sit and watch. And Jose Molina is one of the best framers I've ever seen. Now, granted, Yachty's the best. One of the best defensive catchers of all time, but yeah. Jose Molina is an incredible framer. Mm. I would go watch clips of him to see how to do it. Um, this guy, I think, has major league capability. I really f- feel really strongly about this guy being a major leaguer, and I know he's only 17, and that's hard to indicate you know, at 2030 when he probably makes his appearance or whatever it is, but I feel really strongly about this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, having a chance well, power's at 16. intoxicating. At 16 to play in the DSL, uh, you, you learn you can learn a lot, and uh, he's already getting some opportunities. Him being in Florida would make things even better, uh, especially if he could get a chance with you know, the team in Clearwater. Who knows? But he's cracked the top 10. He's moved up in terms of prospects, um, and he's only 17. That's wild to think about. So it's just as wild to think about the fact that you don't call people by their first name, Tyler, because— I call people I... by their first name. No, I'm I mean, saying people I'm that I, I've not. You don't know. You don't call players. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know these guys. That's interesting. You know, I feel like just because we talk about them so much, I wouldn't be able to just say their last name all the time because they couldn't, it would become redundant. So that's why I sprinkle in first name sometimes, last name sometimes, full name sometimes, a nickname. But okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, these guys are in my living room enough every year. I call them by their first names. Yeah. I mean, if you're buddies with them, go right ahead. Yeah. Reese. I just like. <laughs> if you met Reese, he would say, call me Reese. If I he met, would, it, you just proved my point. If I met him, yeah, but I don't would, know him. But, but if you know that, like, <laughs> Bryce is Bryce. Like, when you say Bryce, it's like share. Like, you don't need to say the last name. It's just, it is who it is. It's Bryce. <laughs> See, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, no. Not the share comparison. Yeah, he, it's Bryce. All right, what well, other that is, is there? Eduardo Tights, E.T. Number That's seven my on our, for him. Number seven on yeah, our list. We very are exciting, winding down our very list young. of prospects. And raw power is an intoxicating scent. <laughs> He's just a baby, baby, baby Ed. All right. So no, Dave, I, I, I'm, I'm that tiger meme. Big dog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yo, what's up? Big dog. <laughs> no, tiger, tiger look lit in that. Every, everybody. <laughs> you're the easiest way for me to, guy, to, to you to know. I don't your remember your now. name <laughs> is if I call you bro or my guy or something like that. Like I'll say, what's up, dude, to Jamie every now and then. But like. Most of the time, if I'm saying hello to you, I will refer to you. I'll say, hey, Renee. Hey, Jamie. If I don't mm-hmm. know your name, the likelihood is you're getting, what's up, bro? Oh, yeah. I'll be like, hey. That's my way of I don't know your hey, name. Hey, Someone over enunciate like, hey, friend. All right. <laughs> so we have one of our friends that was snubbed as we're talking about Philly's prospects. One of our former prospects many, many moons ago at this point did not crack the top 10 third baseman list. And that's Alec Bohm. Austin Riley sits at the top of the list, and uh, Jose Ramirez, number two, Manny Machado, number three. I don't know if I need to read the whole list, but I always end up doing it. Anyways. Well, here it is. There's the image. Oh, oh wow. Probably I should have looked up. Um, yep, there is the list of the top Pretty ten good right third now. Justin in baseball, Turner huh? sits at number ten. For those that are on podcast platforms, I did forget. I technically should read it for you. Um, but yes, with Austin Riley at number one and across this list, no That's, Alex Boone. Yeah, he was uh, MLB Network listed him as one of he was not one of the six names to just miss the cut. Um, but my Wild. takeaway from their positional studies, uh, 
outfield play, left and right field play, not great. Like if you remove Acuna from right field play, like it's not spectacular. Left field, I went eh. When you look at that third base list, you go, hot damn, that is that is a good list of players. Um, I agree with Tyler. We again, we talked pre-show. What the hell does Jose Ramirez have to do to huh. get his recognition as the best third baseman in baseball? Not play for the Guardians. Apparently. I genuinely yeah. think that's the answer. Yeah. yeah. That's what it seems like. It, it is weird. But Austin Riley had a huge year last year for the Braves. Tremendous player. Uh, you know, at one point got switched out to left field for the Braves uh, and then got, you know, back to third. So Bohm came in probably around that, like, 17 area, I would guess. Uh, and I was like thinking to myself when I saw this list, I was like, is Alec Bohm basically a zero war player? Like, is he the definition of average for third baseman in baseball? And I went and looked it up. He was a, um, a point two war last year. Uh, now Christopher O'Donnell in the chat says Bohm is a top 10 third baseman. He had mm. the second best fielding percentage in the NL last year. Just not enough games over since he had to cover at first base. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll see. I mean, you know, he had a 100 RBI season. He was their best hitter with runners in scoring position. I think what Alec Bohm has to do is not ground in in so many double plays, uh, which is correctable. And, you know, I think this year will cement his power. Yeah. Like, you know, I think he put on 15 pounds of muscle, some people are saying, uh, on Twitter. So we'll find out this year, like, if the power doesn't come this year, the power uptick, I'm not saying he needs to become a 30 home run guy, but if he can't consistently, what did he end up with last year, Tyler? I think like he had 20, 20, he had 20 last year. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say right around 20. If he can't get up to 25, 26, like that's probably just who he is then at that point. Yeah. I, uh, I think so we'll that's see. exactly it. At, at 27 years old and with him now being the everyday third baseman, you expect that you're going to get, and you should get, an improvement from Alec Bohm this year. I think this is this year is going to be telling, as you mentioned, with the 20 home runs, the 97 RBIs. But I also remember there were moments last year at third base where he made some really stellar plays. And then there were moments where he missed and was like, ooh. Well, I didn't think you know, he had this defensive improvement in him. Like, he's taking right. long and that's what, like, strides. When you, so when you see those big plays he makes, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we are underestimating what he can be as a third baseman. He's got great size at 6'5". He's got, I think he reads the game very well. So this could be his year that he moves up. Uh, I do feel like he's, like, I wouldn't call this a snub because I, no, I don't think I he's a, a top 10 third baseman. But I do think looking at this list, it kind of gives you a marker of, okay, he, if he can make some of these tweaks, he should be able to at least move up into being a contender for that top 10 list, which is yeah. all you want. Uh, Matt, so. I, I think I saw Barbara Carroll say no Matt Chapman on the list. No, he mm -hmm. must have been one of those six players right outside the yeah. top 10. And Justin Turner is 39, by the way. I know that was a, a question I think that was a good deal well. for the Blue Jays, taking another one-year shot, $13 million for Justin Turner. See, I would have just re-signed Matt Chapman if you're going to – but it, they must have known they yeah. aren't going to be in the ballpark right. of what he's going to get. That's been um, the issue with Chapman. Third baseman's a loaded position. I, mean, I just think I think the big snub here is Jose Ramirez not being number one. I think Tyler's yeah, right. Tyler, we have definitely talked about that before. I mean, even Manny, I will fight for Jose Ramirez. Yeah. And even Manny Machado <laughs> versus Riley is a pretty good debate. Like, yeah. I'd probably slightly lean Machado just he because I think he's a little more. Year. 
I think he's a little more fluid in the field than than Riley is, but Riley had a phenomenal year yet last year. He's a really, really good player. So don't get yeah. your panties in a bunch, Braves. Many fan. was dethroned from that number one spot. Yeah. I think um, the, probably the guys that uh, I know a lot of people are talking about that maybe on that cusp, you know, in between the 10 and Alec Bohm, Cabrian Hayes is, is a big one. Yep. Uh, Josh Young is an interesting one, just won the World Series. I think he's a little overvalued right now mm. the, for, by, by a lot of people, but I'm not saying he's, he's bad in any capacity. And then, then you've got a bunch of guys that like play a couple different positions. And like, for example, Ha Seung Kim plays some third, but mm-hmm. I would view him as a second baseman plays yeah. some short. He plays everywhere. The guys that yeah. I think the guy, the guy has a chance to win platinum glove this year. Um, but like that, that in between group is probably right for Alec Bohm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, guys, we have crossed over into the uh, the uh, past the hour mark, I should say. We've got a couple oh, things no. to run through. I forgot positivity. No. Give me a minute. Yeah. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I meant to do this, this is last the night. the second to last one. Oh, my God. I'm All right. But uh, really while he's pressure doing cooker that, here now. Chris Steven, Shit. Christopher, MBDBDBF, Mickey, Dave, nice to have all of you here. Barbara, everybody that's been joining the chat, hit that thumbs up button. Join the conversation. We've got Guess That Swing, Positivity. It is Thursday. We're supposed to be doing some trivia, and yet again, trivia is not making it on the list because... We have so much to talk about still. Oh, I want to, and but also while you're talking about the posit, while you're figuring out the positivity, I'll give you a moment to think. We'll just we'll just ixnay you from the I, show I, for now. I'm having writer's block. I'm, no, I, do I your thing. Take time. To- <laughs> Daily positivity. Oh my god, it's getting so Wait, tough. <laughs> so I also wanted to make a note because I saw a post come out um, with the opening day tickets and how they have. Dr- Definitely changed since past seasons. Let me just find it right now because I actually wasn't planning on talking about it, but here we are. So the opening opening day tickets are a little bit more expensive than they were in the past. The cheapest tickets this year, I should say. $127 on TickPick. Ticketmaster's got $128 and some change. The Game Time app, $134. Uh, StubHub also $134. Vivid Seats. And SeatGeek is at 138. And the, I, I saw this the, on Twitter. And the somebody, game time guarantee. If you find the same ticket in section and row for less, they'll match you. Mm-hmm. So game time basically is the And cheapest. you can use the code PHOY and get another $20 off. Boom. So technically the cheapest ticket to opening day are the game time app because you can make that 134 down to like 104 um, between matching and subtracting. All right. Somebody commented on that post on Twitter saying, in 2022, I got tickets. And I'm sorry, I should have put the person's handle. Um, but in 2022, how they were able to buy tickets in the upper deck for like $28 on opening day. Here we are in 2024 and the cheapest ticket went from $28 on opening day to 100 and about $27 times have changed guys. And today's price is not yesterday's price. So at the end of the day, as we talked about the outfielders that have started on opening John day, Middleton said, as Tell we talked about the ticket prices, as we talk about waiting for a move, perspective Phillies are it okay put some respect on their name because you can't even get to an opening day to the opening day for less than like 127 dollars yeah John, so with, John Middleton's stringer bell in this one he oh tell, yeah tell the streets we back up and you got to pay <laughs> to get in on opening day uh yeah All right, are I you mean, ready as annoying as sold out stadiums are oh. For me, because I grew up going to the game where it was just like you would get free tickets in the yeah. hot in the hat field. Uh, it's not you know, a thing anymore. Hot dogs. And you could just walk up to the box office and walk in. So like part of me loves that about baseball where it's just like easy and accessible. 
the sellout crowds like are a little bit of a bummer and yes you do yeah. have to pay more but you, you know. actually it is exactly that it can't be this last minute oh the weather's nice today and i want to go see the phillies play i'm just gonna go down and sit in the bank park and buy tickets there yeah my wife it's and i have talked about finally doing the sunday plan and oh, i guess we wow. still could but Sunday just for like official. yeah but we didn't do it yet so we'll mm. lose it. Well, maybe we'll do it mm. but yes uh, all right going to sports is not a uh, cheap endeavor anymore no, unfortunately it's not. Between the Phillies actually being a better team, and then also, as you always say, Jamie, in, in this economy, like yeah, you're just not going to get tickets that cheap anymore because it. I still go back to gas. Like I can't believe I used to really be able to fill up my little putt putt in high bucks. school for like ten bucks. Yeah, I my parents get, would give me a twenty and say, I expect "Yeah, they say like go get gas." Get, get yourself gas, some food give me change, yeah. and bring me the change. I, I don't know. Renee, when you and I were in high school, gas was like four dollars a gallon. It was insanely no. expensive. I could literally put in. I remember no, putting I, five. Now, granted, I was in high school. So I didn't have money, but I would put in like five, ten bucks and get like half a tank full. Uh, I also I, had a really. I was gonna say I had. I drove. A, I drove a boat, and it was like, <laughs> it was probably twenty five years old when I bought it. Yeah, that's how and my it car guzzled was. gas. In 2010, my car was a 2002, but my dad had literally went to the to Kia and was like, give me the cheapest car you have with the the least amount of things you have to teach us a nice lesson about like earning your stuff. And we had roll up windows and manual MBD, doors. And, Ford Taurus car. So yes. Yeah, I had a that maroon. My 2002 Kia Spectra. My first car was a 1996 a Town & Country Chrysler minivan. Town & Country. Oh, yeah. Classic. And then I got my grandmother's uh, maroon Ford Taurus with the crank windows. Oh, yeah. Windows. I had the crank windows. So, but my know, crank minivan, windows Ford were during Taurus. a time that people weren't supposed to have crank windows. Yeah. Putting out <laughs> putting out the sexy vibes in the, in the town and country and the Taurus. What are you What's trying up, to say, Renee? Are, are, you, are you saying something about Jamie? I caught that. Wait, what was that? I caught that. <laughs> I that, was, that was extremely rude. As rude as we are to Jamie on a daily basis, that one might have been bad. bad. Wait, what, 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 now we need to repeat it. It's so crazy you mentioned that because before the show today, I was like, dang, I gotta stop being so mean to Jamie because people are gonna think I'm a mean person. I'm not. Because I felt bad about our comment yesterday on um, Charles Barkley's and the the 60s and the 90s. (laughs) Making me feel like I'm 65 years old. (laughs) What what was the comment you just made? So my Kia Spectra did have, like, nothing was automatic. Everything had to be done manually. But what I was just saying um mm-hmm. was just say it with during, <laughs> during the time when my car had roll-up windows roll-up windows were like not a thing anymore like in the 90s everybody had i got my windows. grandmother's ford taurus in 2002 and it still had the bench seating and the roll-up windows <laughs> so like, like i was, it was just like getting the transitional period where you would still see the occasional car with my chrysler windows. town and country had the automatic windows it wasn't until i got grandma's car that I had to go back to the roll-ups, you know? Yeah, that was, that was, that was the a Town Country minivan MBD was fucking awesome. It what? had captain seats. You could fit all yeah, your buddies in it. That's a great car. That's it a was great awesome. car. I regret Mine nothing. was tiny and it had a, it was so loud that like the engine sound was like this loud humming sound that everybody knew. It would make this like, then it make this like weird squeaking noise. It's like, oh, here comes Renee driving through campus. <laughs> like couldn't be cool at all, but a town... Your car was cool. It was cool. Leather seats. There you go, Jamie. Too. Let me what be up? nice. All right. I got, not mean, I got I the positivity. Yeah, give and, us some and positivity. Then we'll, we'll guess that swing. <laughs> All right. Uh, this may be going out on a limb a little bit here. Tyler told me he disagrees with my 
My positivity. Wait, I'm so sorry. The cassette tape plugged into the CD player. Oh yeah. I had the cassette tape plugged in, connected to the iPod. Yes. Uh, deal because yes. I didn't have back then. You didn't have like the lighter used to be where you connected it. And there was, I didn't have a CD player. It was a cassette tape. So I had the cassette tape plug in that would like now make it a fake CD player that I can connect the CDs. Oh man, yeah. what a time. And then anytime you hit a bump, the CD would, player oh, yeah. would skip and you'd be like, oh yeah. Oh. And that cassette tape also broke like others, but okay, go ahead. I'm um, sorry. All right. D Tyler disagrees <laughs> with my point, but I'm going to speak it into existence. A reason for positivity this year is the Braves will not repeat the monstrous offensive performance that they had last year. I mean, you could say last year's Braves team was one of the historically best offenses ever. Uh, okay. And, like, do I think Marcelo Zuna uh, is going to hit, like, 40-plus home runs again? Is he even there? Or did he leave? I'm brain farting, Tyler. I feel like he he's still there, I think, one more year. But, like, I just think they had a lot of guys have career years all at once. So I think the Braves are going to be not as good. Still there. Let, last year of his deal is it, technically this year. And then 25, there's a club option for $16 million. Okay. So I, I just think the Braves are going to come back to earth a little bit. I'm not trying to put them down. They're still clearly phenomenal. And Matt Olson, Ronald Cunha Jr., Ozzy Albies. I mean, those three plus Austin Riley we just talked about. I mean, those four, that's a murderer's row. But I do think there's going to be a little bit of a comeback to reality. Some, which will give the Phillies contention for the division. I like it. So, Braves, back to reality a little bit. Yeah, and you know what? I feel like we are now at a point where our positivity is also about others. Because in order to manifest the positivity yeah. here in Philly, some other teams need to have several seats. Braves, looking at you. Um, but I also feel like last year was kind of that lightning in a bottle season. It's very I mean, hard. There were to absurd. repeat that, yeah, it's re it's hard to repeat that, but it's also hard because now other teams and oh gosh, I sound like a broken record because I've definitely said this with the Philadelphia Union. Other teams now are coming in every time they play you, trying to keep you from getting to that point again. Like yeah. when you have that offensive production like that, opponents are not going to let you. Repeat. And like the pride alone is not going to let you have the Braves hitting home runs and oh yeah no. Uh, I like and it. MBD I like says, it. to be fair, the Braves were remarkably healthy Good last point. year. And, you know, baseball's a war of attrition, and the Phillies didn't mm. have several guys uh, for long stretches last year, including Bryce and and uh, uh, Ranger and his adorable cheeks. So what do you got, Tyler? I, I think that <laughs> the way that I was interpreting your, your, uh, your, your point was that they're just going to, like, take this fall and i i now no, i, I understand. still think they're a 90 because like two still, three because last team. year they led the league in runs hits Pretty home good. runs rbis average <laughs> obp slugging and ops they were one of the best offenses ever in the history of the ever game. in the game right yeah. so, so i just don't think you can i don't think you can repeat that that's that's a yeah. more fair statement than what i thought you were saying which was like no, they're like due for this crazy regression. I haven't been drinking yet today, Tyler. I'm not. It's only and Thursday. Not to I'm not mention, crazy. It doesn't. That doesn't mean the Braves or the Phillies or whoever. You, that doesn't mean who's going to win the division. It just means at the end of the day, there's going to be a regression in their numbers. Like you're not making. Yeah, these and maybe it keeps you in the division race longer. Right. And maybe right. it makes a mid-August game more important than like it was it. last year. You, you, you know, you, you tap into the reserve system there for motivation and. You know, you're in the season more. So I like right. that, Jamie. That's a great positive All right. Last one tomorrow is yours tomorrow. Boring. Don't do what I did and uh, find yourself no. scrambling mentally in the final minutes of the show. Oh, brother. That was a bad job by me. Listen, we've already gone long. 
I'd rather do trivia than guess that stance. No. But we can do both. I'm going to ask you quick, quick, Or we can quick. do Friday trivia. All right, but quick. Because we did this Tuesday. And My bladder is going to be screaming soon. Because, Renee. okay, I knew you were going to say that, and I was waiting for that moment, Jamie. So I've been sitting here watching you I had a drink so much through this show. That's why you always have Because I don't like coffee mouths. So every time I drink coffee. Look at my little water bottle. I drink I drink like two of these a day of water. You, so you every had, time I have a coffee like stank in my mouth, I take a huge gulp of water. I had a large orange juice before I came in today. That's my one and a half of these already. Yeah, you drank a lot. Plus a lot of venti. That's the difference because my bladder sucks too. Yeah, but I, I don't. I purposely I will only drink. This is just here in case I'm like choking or dying. Oh, see, I I crush liquids throughout the day. I, I know. Pee that's a why lot. you always have to my pee. pee. So pee is clear. I am pee hydrated. Pee is clear. Okay. All right. Today's category. The trade market. So these are all Uh-oh. trades that have I happened. I stink with these. <laughs> me and uh, me and Jamie have one friend who would kill this category. Pat Egan, <laughs> clean this up. <laughs> Question number one. February this month, actually, 25th, 1972, the Philadelphia Phillies traded right-handed pitcher Rick what Wise. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> to the St. Louis Cardinals for which player ding, in Ding, 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 ding. Steve Carl. Steve Carl. Good job, Tyler. The year is very important. On December 16th, 2009, the Phillies traded catcher Travis Little Diarno, right-handed pitcher Kyle Drake. Ding, ding, ding. Roy Halladay. Yay! Good job, guys. Thank you. I'm thank so you. proud of Travis you. Travis Diarno became the best player of that group. Can't trade Josh. What are you doing trading Kyle Drayback? You can't do that. It's not allowed. Ooh. Oh, wait. You got Roy Halladay? Oh, oh, okay. I think you won that one. All right. April 2nd, 1992. The Phillies Ding, trade- ding, ding, ding. Wow. <laughs> Kurt Schilling. That's impressive, Baltimore actually. Baltimore Orioles. Okay. okay, good job, Tyler. Uh, last but not least, in what year? Here we go. Let's flip the question. Good, because you guys are killing it with the years. In what year did the Phillies acquire Jim Bunning and catcher Gus Triandos from what, the Detroit Tigers? Was that like 1952? <laughs> no. Bunning, um, 60s? I don't it know. is the 60s. I'll, I'll, I'll go 64. I'll go Ooh. 61. Ooh, it is 1963. Oh, I was a year off. That was close. Damn. Good job, guys. That was fun. I had fun. This was fun. Kyle stinking Drayback. You see what I mean by the pearl cutting? Yeah, that, that whole um, trade was... You can't trade Jason Kyle Donald. Drayback, Michael He's Taylor, the the and Travis infield. Diarno in 2009. What a trade that yeah, was. Who makes a Roy. trade on April 2nd, MBD says? <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, some of the dates of these trades are actually interesting. Yeah. But All right, Renee. Are. Now it's time to enter the torture chamber. No, thank you. <coughs> All right, Ty- Tyler said to us, good luck. No. It's a hard you one today. won yesterday. You good should be luck. riding high. Was so it this... like the taken version? Good luck. Uh, I just walked up to Jamie and went, you know that movie? Good, good luck. And walked away. <laughs> I do. I do, Renee. I thought she's still drinking more. And you have to pee. Yeah. You have a, a, a problem. I like liquids. Oh, gosh. All right, Alcohol guys. Or so not? I, I, would, I would rank this one. Lou ten, Marson. One being the easiest, 10 being the hardest. I would rank this an eight. I quit. We ready? <sighs> All right. Hit us. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty ugly. I won't lie. It's, it's, an, ugly, ugly. it's an ugly it swing. It looks like a... Um, it's a pitch up in the zone. His upper body reminds me of a foosball soccer player with no arms. You know what I mean? 
I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> oh, man. I feel like somebody's on the tip of my tongue. I have no idea. Okay. Um, let me go through my usual lining, lines of questions. It's a lefty. It's a current player? No. Are you talking to yourself? previous player. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I was supposed to text Tyler my answer. Oh, you already uh, have an answer? No, but I need, I shut down my computer, so needed something. Okay. Um, it's not a pitcher, right? It's not a pitcher. I promise you it's not a pitcher. All right. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the no chin is, I'm kind of focused like on that body, too. Like his body, his face is not, is his face sideways? Is this a side profile or is this the back of his head? I don't know. I don't it's see a, a nose. Profile. Don't know. I don't see like a nose and stuff. All right, we'll think of your non-nose. <laughs> Who didn't have a nose? Phillies. I, I swear I always see Mike Schmidt, and I know that's not possible because it's from 2006 on. Are uh, you sure that's a side profile? I don't see a nose and mouth. I I wish we could zoom in. Sean Rodriguez was a righty, right? Who was like Tyler? a... Yeah. Yes. Is it like bust out like that? Like Sean Rodriguez? It's a lefty. Oh, the helmet. That's a good point, MBDBDBF. That is like a very classic helmet. Little guy. All right, I'm texting it, you one. Even the chat is divided on if it's a lefty or righty. See, today. it's not just me. It's really tough because you can see it both ways depending on where his back, if it's back. His back is to us, if All he's right. facing towards us. Answer is in. I can see right now that like his right shoulder Kate is Red facing says us. says Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. That's a good guess. Cesar is not a bad guess. Cesar is not a bad guess. It's uh, not right, but it's not a bad guess. Okay, I'm <laughs> not guessing that one. Yeah. Dang it. It does remind me of Voldemort with the face. All right. Jamie's answer is locked Wait, in. Wait, did we decide if it's a lefty or righty? I think it's a lefty. Tyler? I can't give you that until you I put an like answer the, in. I feel like if the difficulty is an eight, we should we should get... Okay, I'll just text you an answer then. Whatever. <laughs> I, I can't give you that until you... Because Jamie's already locked in. It would give you an unfair advantage. Yeah, true. There's no advantage okay for me. I feel okay about my answer. There's I don't feel great. no advantage All right, for me. So you're locked in as Ooh, well. Adam Hazley's a good guy. I will tell you, there are no correct answers amongst you oh, or the okay. chat. Great. Oh, this I hate a, when that happens. This is a right-handed hitter, and the clue that I Wait. will give you is two oh, players. son of a... Uh, I told you. Two, two guesses are the closest to this player. WYRM139's Adam Hazley guess is a pretty good guess. And there was one more, and I got to go find I it. I guessed Brad Miller for uh, the record. Dave P, I believe, I put this Bryson. in the chat. Actually, I do kind of see Yeah, Bryson Dave P put this in the chat. Nick Maton was his guess. Both are wrong, but those are, the, those are the two closest guesses. So that Veerling. means like that team. Matt Veerling. Who we got? I mean, is Renee guessing another answer? Or? <laughs> oh, we're guessing again? Uh, you can if you'd like. Oh, okay, I'll go with Matt Veerling. All right, Matt Veerling's Jamie's guess. Um, Are you going to the mall after school today? What don't movie? Do, don't do that to me right Billy now, Madison. Jamie. Thank you, Tyler. Gosh, we haven't had any movie... Thanks, Renee, we have man. a meeting to get to in I'm getting, six minutes. I'm like getting a cold as, we, as this show goes on. I literally am getting sick sitting here. And sniffly. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna go with. Wait, it's a righty. I'm just. I don't know. Just, just give me a player. Any, any say, player. I'm just gonna go with Veerling. Pedro Feliz. Because that way. It's Matt Veerling. Woohoo! I got one right. <laughs> sure. 
Sure you did. <laughs> wow, I don't even feel happy about that victory because I literally was just That's throwing out a, a name. I said the right name. So did you. Yeah, but I don't count that as a win. We all lost. Okay. Yeah, it's not a win for anybody. No. Oh, and may God okay. have mercy so on all of us. Win in futility, maybe, but. Okay. All right, guys. Well, this has been fun. Um, things that we've learned today ABC joggers, you can sneeze quietly, you can also cough quietly. Yes, crotch technology has come a long crotch way. Crotch technology has come a long way. Prospects have come a long way as well. Um, and Jamie drinks a lot of liquids throughout the show, which is why he always has to pee at the end. So there That's you go. Fun. And with that, we've also hit a new record of an hour and 25 minutes. Oh, um, my God. This is insane. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tomorrow will be our last day of positivity. We'll have guests that stands. We'll have, since it's Friday, John Foley will be joining us. And much more as we're getting closer Nick and Kuta. closer to Clearwater. Wow, what a Have a great out. rest of your Thursday, guys. We'll see you back here for more PHY Phillies podcast. Tyler, Jamie, myself, Renee. I went to college so with Nick Punto's sister. Fun fact. Hasta la vista, baby. Y'all silly like the mayor. 